This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. It's Jay Scott. It is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. Always appreciate the time you spend with us and listening to us. Don't forget to write us a review when you're done listening. We do appreciate it. It's very important to the podcast, to all podcasts. So please uh, let us know what your feedback is and let us know what you think. We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, as I always mention, the official podcast platform for Metallica and a whole bunch of other music related podcasts. There's something for everybody, whether it's vinyl, whether it's kiss, whether talking about album reviews, classic album reviews, it's all there. It's all available. Check out Pantheon podcast at pantheonpodcast.com as well as on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Pantheon pods. And you can do the same with the hook rocks and all three of those platforms, just search up the hook rocks and yeah. Don't forget to set your app to automatic download. So you get the latest episodes right to your phone and able to enjoy all the old previous episodes. We've had some awesome stuff going on here recently. I'm getting back in the swing of things after taking the summer off and the content is being created. The content is being uploaded and the content is being listened to by you. We just welcomed Carl Spackler from Lachinga talking their new album, Primal Forces. We talked with Tracy Guns for our Eddie Van Halen celebration episode. That was absolutely wonderful. 
one of the best episodes, in my opinion, we've ever recorded. Tracy shared his thoughts on Eddie, his influence, and their friendship that he had with him. It was absolutely amazing. We reviewed the top albums of the quarter for quarter three. You always want to check out that episode because that tells you what you need to be listening to in the world of rock music. So, yes, just all a bunch of great bands and artists that we talk about, and that's really the goal of that episode, is to really spotlight those bands that don't get the attention they deserve, which is the new rock bands. And we're not Spin Magazine. We're not Rolling Stone. We're not music elitists and snobs where only Bruce Springsteen albums are talked about. We uh, We like to talk about a lot of stuff that you may not hear of. So please check that out. We had Aaron Jones talking his number one single, Blood in the Water, as well as his album, Chronicles of the Kid. Also welcome Brett Evans from Glorious Sons, uh, Labros G from 1000 Mods, up-and-coming rock star, badass bassist, Rachel Bellow. And we celebrated our 500th episode with Dax Nielsen from Cheap Trick and a four-year anniversary with Nita Strauss, as well as a whole slew of other episodes this year. I'm at the point now with this whole podcast where I'm forgetting who I've had on the show. So, you know, when you do 500 some plus episodes, when you start scrolling back and looking at the guests that you had, I'm like, Oh, I had them on. I forgot about that. So that's kind of the point. I'm kind of becoming this old codger in uh, the podcast world, but We've got our Music Insider episode for you to enjoy today, and it's always our goal is to keep you informed with what's going on in the business side of music. There's lots to talk about, namely with Live Nation and Ticketmaster, as well as Bandcamp um, and the and the selling of Bandcamp, as well as some other things. Hopefully we get to with AI, ChatGPT, maybe get into some TikTok and some streaming service if we have time. If not, we'll be catching you up on that sooner or later on what's going on but as always one of my favorite guests one of geez i've been having her on since i first started so please welcome the return of christy anigal what's happening christy how are you hey hey jay hey hi there and uh thanks for having me back you know i really appreciate it and i was thinking wow it's been what five years did you say four years five years Four year anniversary, five, oh, I got what? 520 episodes now. That's, oh, congratulations. That is awesome. Yeah. Oh my Thank gosh. You. And, and I tell you, I got a lot to catch up on. You've got some great episodes going there. Aaron Jones, I want to hear. Oh my God. Uh, geez, you're just kicking ass. <laughs> congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's, awesome. it's amazing. I, you know, I took the summer off just because. Mostly because my summer or my, my son was going away to school this past, you know, this fall and just wanted to, you know, spend as much time with him before he went. Being a single dad, I kind of really wrapped my life around him and, you know, raising him. And now that he's gone, I'm got a lot of free time on my hands. So maybe I'll finally start that Patreon page I've been talking about hey. for three years, you know, but now I can have the time, but. Yeah, you know, it's good to be back here. You know, the month of September, we did 12 episodes. Wow. You know, we're probably going to do close to 16 in October and here on out. So we're, we're pumping the gas. Wow. And, uh, and uh, we're, we're putting the pedal to the metal, no pun intended and, and talking. <laughs> about so. Wow. That's awesome. So uh, yeah, I mean, you, it's very impressive. You know. I'm really happy with the guests we've had too. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm always happy with all the guests, but to really set up kind of what we did in September and now in October, and there's more coming down the road too. There's hopefully some exciting stuff happening by the wow. end. Of the year. Um, it's just, it's just great. I've always wanted to have Aaron Jones on. I uh, was finally able to do that. Tracy Guns, I've been trying to get on the show for three years. Yay. That's awesome. That and the discussion I had with him too, which is about Eddie Van Halen, and yeah. you know the things he shared in that conversation uh, was just mind blowing. You know, I mean, it was very light, but it was also heavy at the same time. You know, it's it's always as a as an Eddie Van Halen fan, whenever we talk about him and I learn things about him, 
you know, it, it's hard not to get emotional because what he meant to my life growing up and who he was and Tracy just was just absolutely incredible in that conversation. Yeah. Everybody go listen to that. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Love Tracy. Love Eddie. And then, you know, also too, don't forget we, we did Wendy Dio talking about the documentary Dreamers Never Die, which if you haven't seen anyone listening, go see that documentary. That's one of the best rock doc- documentaries I've ever seen. Um, absolutely incredible. And uh, talking Jimmy Page with my favorite luthier, Mike Longacre, oh, yeah. out in Hermosa Beach. So, yeah, some good stuff, some good content. Glad to be back in full swing. Glad to have you back. Oh, so thanks. Like talking yeah. about, you know, about music yep. business with you. And, and yeah. uh, where okay, to be? Okay, let's go. There's yeah. Always, always stuff to talk about. God, There's no always kidding. stuff to talk about. There's never a shortage of greed. And there's <laughs> a shortage of people jacking around the artists. And um, let's just get into it with Ticketmaster and Live Nation. As many of you know, and in case you don't know, they are becoming the heroes after <laughs> doing what they never should have done in the first place, which is take a percentage of the merchandise sales from these bands at these clubs and venues. Now, mind you, these are bands that are not mainstream these are young up-and-coming bands doing the grind and not making a lot of money like they used to and here comes live nation the big huge corporate conglomerate saying uh-uh you owe us some of that money for to pay for all this they stopped it now they're going to give a 1500 hour stipend or stipend mm-hmm. i should say uh for for all these bands and now people are saying, oh, that's so great that they're doing that. But here's the thing, people. They never should have fucking did it in the first place. It's <laughs> bullshit that they did that. Yeah. And well, you know, between the fees that they charge people and the upcharge and tickets on the primary and secondary markets, and then also to take it on the other end from bands that are trying to freaking fill their tank up of their touring van with gas and trying to find places to you know shower and eat now all of a sudden they want to meddle for being what they are and from what i'm reading more and more about this it's not what it actually seems yeah yeah there's two points i have on this so the first point is uh, there's been a backlash and the backlash is coming from the national independent venue association niva and they are unhappy because it squeezes out 3,000 and under seat venues. So they're saying that they can't compete now and they can't give their performing artists a stipend. So a lot of artists won't be playing at their venues. And of course they don't want to sell out to Ticketmaster because they're independent venues. So they've written a letter. There's some protests going on. There's, um, dialogue. Uh, I think a lot of musicians are, um, jumping out to support them. So will be interesting to see which way that goes i mean they're being hailed on one hand and the other hand it's like it is kind of a backhanded move uh, a lot of people feel secondly um you know one of the things that's happened over the past two years is that corporate sponsorship by banks of live music venues has increased from 25 percent to 39 percent so, you know, in addition to getting the fees and the upsells and all the money that ticket master is making for their parent company, Live Nation, uh, that integrated business. Now they have corporate bank sponsorships, specifically banking, uh, have decided, uh, cause they often, uh, sponsor sports that live music is the next little market for them to move in. And so if you can imagine now, and so on top of all the other fees and all the money that they're making, now they're having specifically banking corporate sponsors for live music events. So that's happening and that's really increased. And you're going to see it increase even more in the next few years. Ticketmaster. Live yeah. Nation. yeah well, I mean, again, it's never what it seems, right? Right. I mean, you know, the end goal is here to more or less eliminate these small private venues from having shows so they can control the market more. Mm-hmm. Right. So if they yeah. 
if they demand, you know, the venues give a $1,500 stipend to these artists, well, that sounds great, right? But (laughs) it's for the, you know, for the clubs that only have a 200 capacity venue or a 300 capacity venue or, or 150 capacity venue, these things are going to happen, right? They're going to stop having these bands play because they can't afford it. They're going to stop aligning themselves with Live Nation, which is probably the smartest thing to do. But if these, if Live Nation gets these younger acts and these emerging acts to sign exclusives, they can't play there anyway. So guess what's going to happen? It's going to squeeze out the artist, the original, um, you know, the, the artist doing the grind that does original music. They're going to have less and less places to play. And all these smaller venues are more or less going to become cover band venues, right? Because that's the only thing that they're going to be able to bring in that puts people in the door to sell liquor and all that kind of stuff. So as we always know, never trust big corporations (laughs) because what they seem like on the surface of like, wow, they're really going to step up and do all this stuff and do all these things. It's never what it seems. Right. There's well, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, and that's Neva's or uh, their point, right? They're like, it looks great on the surface and it looks all great, but it, what it's really going to do is squeeze out the small independent owner and operators. So they're going to struggle even more. Which I trickles mean, down to the small independent original music artist. Right. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So that's, that's uh, not much going on with the, um, any kind of legislation with Ticketmaster, you know, they can just drag that out forever. So nothing's going on with that at the moment. Um, but there was another big move this year, uh, this last week, there was a band camp was sold again, uh, after 18 months of being sold. And now it's in the hands of song trader. Which How do you feel I, about that? Uh, song traders there to make a lot of money. That's what they want to do. And I guess they see an economic model that's working. Uh, now, if they're going to go in and meddle with them, I mean, there's you can go out right now and read like 27 different opinions of how this is going to go. You know, I read a lot of it. And what I'm going to do is just kind of wait and see what they do first. You know, I don't know. I mean... It isn't one corporation by another corporation. I'm not sure if Song Trader, although they say on their website, of course, that they're artist focused and, you know, innovative, new future, data, meta, the whole nine yards. But we'll see. Yeah, I think seeing your artist focused is like when someone tells you, I'm not going to lie to you. And then they proceed to lie to you. You know, I'm artist. I'm art, we're artist focused, which means that they're not artist focused. <laughs> they had to say it, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people that don't think this is a great move. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to think. What do you think? It's such a complicated situation, right? Yeah. In that. If you really keep peeling back the orange and keep, you know, driving yourself further away and getting a more of a a larger picture perspective. I'm going to start with this. We've been hearing for decades that these music sites, record companies are not making any money. <laughs> We've heard Spotify say that they don't make any money, which Anyone that believes that, please DM me because I've got oceanfront property in North Dakota to sell you. Oceanfront property in North Dakota to sell you. (laughs) Corporations always claim that they don't make any money. Getting back to my point, though, they've been claiming for decades that they're losing money, making money. Yet, they keep buying things like Bandcamp or Live Nation keeps raising their fees and and when you get the the revenue reports at the end of the year the revenue analysis the the company analysis you know the percentage that they're up and here's the thing you always need to remember anytime greedy fuckers tell you that they're not making any money one thing 
because my background's in real estate. One thing I know about people that have a lot of money is they don't like to waste money. They're very particular on every dollar and every cent that they spend. And a lot of these corporations have a board, right? They have a board of investors that approve things and do things. Now, if a company is hemorrhaging and losing money, they're not going to approve it, or most cases, they're not going to keep acquiring other things. They're not going to keep making these decisions if there's not an opportunity to increase revenue. So this whole idea that Spotify or Live Nation or all these companies, oh, we're not making any money, then why are you still in the game? Okay, always ask yourself that. We also hear that rock music and these young bands, nobody wants to listen to, right? Nobody wants to listen to these young bands. Nobody wants, nobody cares about the new wave of rock. It's not mainstream. That's a whole different conversation. But why then are they, do they care about these small venues that attract a lot of these young up and coming artists, these independent artists? Like, why do you, why are you doing that? Right. If, if, if no one cares about these artists, no one cares about these small venue artists, or there's a very small niche of people that do, why are you trying to squeeze them out? So read the tea leaves, read what's, you know, happening. Don't listen to the words they say, listen to the actions they do. Right. If they're not making exactly. any money. Why do they keep doing these things? If they don't believe that this, genre of music is generating any interest why are they doing anything all all these things and these are a lot of questions that we need answers to but the answer always is they're lying okay they're lying so if you keep going out pulling yourself out of like when you read an article and you see the words say all right let's go back let's keep going back let's get a broader view of what they're doing everything in that article as you get closer and closer to it, after you get that broad spectrum of what's happening, is bullshit. Streaming services make money. Streaming services would not be in business if they didn't make money. Amazon right. would invest in something that doesn't make money. Apple would not invest in something that doesn't make money. Okay. Exactly. Well, you know, I, I have an interesting statistic right here that uh, 75% of me- music stream oh, let me say this right 75 percent of music streaming consumption is catalog that means most people are utilizing streaming services to find music and artists they already know and love yes there's a moderate amount of discovery that happens through the streaming services but people do not innately log in looking for the new thing according to the numbers well, so we about that with the algorithm and, and, the algorithm and in that models that discovery Right. And in that case, the one thing that Bandcamp is doing different from all the other streaming services is that I would say that 75% of their um, subscribers and followers uh, are actually logging in to discover new music. Right. So it's the, it's going totally against the grain of what is happening right now and which makes it very different from, from, you know, Spotify and all of that stuff. Cause you're logging on, you're, you're listening to Bon Jovi or whatever, uh, or you're Doja Cat. You're going to listen to whatever it is you're listening to. You're not logging on to those. And yet we've discussed it endlessly, but Bandcamp. You know, if you log on to Bandcamp nine times, nine times out of 10, you're going to click on a few things that you just because you like the album cover or the, the artwork or the people in the band. And so it's a totally different platform. So in that light, it is, it is interesting to see why Song Trader would buy it. Song Trader deals in data and, you know, music, selling music to a lot of businesses and seamlessly. So, you know, what do they see in that? It's a completely different platform from everything else. Yeah. I mean, Bandcamp is essentially the front line of independent artists and younger bands that are trying to get yeah. their music out. I mean, it's exactly. much different model than a streaming service, right? You right. have the ability to stream. You have the ability to purchase. Mm-hmm. Really, Merch. Right. It's really been pro independent artists, pro young artists for the most part. So yeah. why does song trader want to come in and buy that? If it's, if it's, 
if it truly isn't making money as everyone claims or there's i mean and it's there has to be a model that they're looking at because they always look through the eye of the revenue right the revenue and if they think they can make money on it that's why they're buying it they're not going to buy a company that is not successful exactly you know so again going back and further back and get that broader that broader observation of what's happening because we're told one thing when we read these articles, these words that say rock music doesn't make any money, rock music mm-hmm. doesn't do this, new rock is irrelevant. Okay, so why are all these things mm-hmm. happening? Exactly. Right? Exactly. So, I don't know if they're buying it for the tech, you know, because they, they, they're selling, you know, data packets and, you know, they, they hire full stack engineers and what have you. So, I'm very interested to see which direction that goes. I mean, if it goes anything like you've heard on any commercial lately, um, just about every 80s band in the world has sold their um, catalog for commercial use. <laughs> so, I'm, you know, we're curious to see where it goes with uh, Song Trader. Again, another prime example. If rock music isn't making any money, why are, why are all these companies poning up all these millions of dollars to buy these bands catalog right yeah the next thing that's going to be interesting and we're not there yet but that's coming is that vacuum that we've been talking about with live rock acts where Mm. that older generation of bands are starting to retire Mm -hmm. we see aerosmith on their farewell tour aerosmith aerosmith tour again with steven tyler's vocal issues right now so they might have done they might be done completely. We don't know yet. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, an ACDC hasn't toured. They're supposed to announce something. We'll see. But the point is, is that all these bands, Metallica, Maiden, ACDC, Aerosmith, whomever, they're not going to be here in the next half dozen years. Okay. Six, seven years, they're not going to be here. The only major band that will be touring, major rock band, well, maybe a couple, but Foo Fighters. Yeah, and Pearl Jam. But they're Pearl getting Jam. older, too, man. They're getting you older. Know? No, Pearl, I mean, Pearl Jam's my age, and I just heard, I hit 60. Right. You know, Eddie's a little younger. Mike McCready's my age or a little bit older. I mean, Foo Fighters are a few. Yeah, No, they're about the same. Dave goes a little bit younger. but they're all, And then everybody else is just, you know, aging out. It's there hard are, to tour just certain age, you know? Yeah, and there aye, are aye, management aye. companies now. There's management companies now that are bringing back these bands that maybe had one or two radio hits back yes. in the 90s and the early part of the decade and trying to make them an arena act. You know, we saw, you know, Hinder headline a tour over, Hinder, the, yeah. over uh, the summer. And Hinder, I think, just had that one song, right? I didn't, you know, yeah, maybe. The point is, is that there's this vacuum going to be created where yeah. there's not going to be any major rock bands touring anymore. Mm-mm. And oh, they'll just they'll step in with AI. They'll step in with AI I music. I still, don't think, I still don't think you know. Just oh, just about AI, as much I'm as we talk joking. about as much as we talk about AI and ChatGPT benefiting, there are a lot of benefits to it. There are, and if, yeah. you think if there's not, then you're you're completely clueless. There are mm-hmm. definite benefits. However, when it comes to generating an image like of a band that you love and seeing the image of them up on stage, but you, and knowing that it's not really them, it's some computer generated thing. I still don't think that the audience is going to buy into that. I just don't think so. I mean, if you truly love live music. I mean, you're basically watching music that's not live. It's not. It's not going to be live. I know. And, and it, so I just don't think. You know, it may work in pop music. It may work in hip hop and rap, but I don't think it's going to work in country. And I don't think it's going to work in rock music and metal too, as well. They let's hope not. Rock bands crave that authenticity. So does country fans, for the most part. I know. We just have to hope that the young people get out there and embrace it, you know, because if they don't, then, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, what get what happens is it, it gets replaced with what's easy and yeah. what's out there and what's charting on Spotify. And, you know, God forbid that 
AI, there's an AI rock band. Oh, I can't even imagine that. Yeah, I, I would, I will <laughs> never, I will never <laughs> ever spend a dime on that. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Never. That can happen. So the latest in the AI is that, um, I, I will tell you that they still haven't clarified it because that's going to take some time, but, um, it's, uh, it's still, so they're fine tuning it a little bit. Like if you can cop, if an AI can have a hold a copyright, right. Or if a human has to be involved, you know, and now what they're saying, it's a question of degree under traditional principles, the more human involvement and the more AI is used as a tool, not as the creator, the stronger the case for copyright protection, a song created with the prompt quote unquote, create a song that sounds like the weekend will not suffice. So they fine tune how you're asking it, your prompt, you know? So if it's just something really general like that, you may not be able to hold a, pa- a, a copyright on it. So you have to have more human involvement in the song. But what is it? Does I mean, cl- they haven't Does that clarify that it. Yet. They haven't I defined know. that yet though, right? Well, it's, I guess asking a more in-depth, prompt i guess you know um create a song that sounds like the weekend and the key of d minor drop d uh three four weird timing like Soundgarden. with you know i mean what would you have to ask it to have more creative uh more human involvement well yeah that's my whole point though like the human involvement how do how will the industry define human involvement is it someone hitting the, the power button on the computer you no, know, it, I mean, what does it, that mean? It, it has to. It has to be more in depth than that. It has to be more in depth than create a song that sounds like. So you can't use that. They're saying that's not enough human involvement for you to pull a copyright on it. Okay. So you have to go into. So when you ask a prompt, see now it tells you what it doesn't tell you what it involves, right? So what is a more human involvement prompt? Right. Yeah. So that's not clear. So I, you know, I guess I, hopefully that's all going to get cleared out. Um, it may go, who knows where it's going to go. It's going to go to the courts. Um, I wouldn't imagine it goes all the way up to the Supreme court, but who knows? We'll, we'll find out. What? But, um, <laughs> third how, times. And how will that stuff get paid out? Like, will it be <sighs> the creator to the developer? I mean, I guess go? so. Is the I mean, is there going to be contracts? I mean, not. I mean, I'm spending way too much caring about what artificial <laughs> the business side of it, and it makes me so upset that I'm even saying these words right now. But well, like, how will happening. that get paid out? Like, did, does the does the record company or whomever pay the developer a salary, and it's your job to create music? That's AI generated and we just give you 200 grand a year. Right. So that's a work for hire basically. Yeah, I guess so. And then do you give credit? Then you give. So if you have it, I guess a detailed, if you don't have a detailed prompt and, and the AI writes the song, you still can't copyright it. So they're still not the mechanical rights holder. So they'll have to be paid to a human songwriter and then obviously the publisher and then the record company and the distributor, et cetera. But, you know, it's, I guess it's all going to hinge on, you know, human involvement, how they define human involvement is it's using AI as more than a tool. You can't, you, excuse me, you can't use it as a tool to create. It actually, I guess has to spontaneously create. I don't know how that would work. Just think about how the generations that, (laughs) Are just starting now. (laughs) No, I don't want to. (laughs) So used to this. And that's the aggravating thing. Like our generation knows what it's like before. Yeah. Like we, we grew up in an analog world. And then when we were young adults, we, we, we went into the digital world. So we kind of experienced both and we appreciate making music we appreciate making art and because we know how difficult it is and we know the amount of time you need to spend on something and now 
generations are never going to know that, right? They're never going to understand that because everything is going to be computer generated and artificially generated. And, and that's such, man, does that just make for a very shallow world and a shallow, you know, a shallow population of people that think that they're listening to something that's good, but it is not art. Art will be gone and there'll be no authenticity. Like there won't be anything. No. I mean, I guess you'll always have not. that. There'll always be that 20% of the population that wants that authentic real thing. And I guess that'll never go away, but just the fact that it's even existing and pulling people into it. It's just, man, it's just so it's heartbreaking. You know, it's, well, you know, it's the world that we're right at the beginning of it. You know, we're, as it emerges and they figure things out, there's no guidelines. Remember, they, they wrote the big letter and, and collectively everybody went, eh, whatever. So the genie's out of the bottle. Who knows how it's going to go? But what this AI fits in with the culture that we have today is of instant gratification. You yeah. know, if you want to write a rock song, you want to, you know, get together, go to somebody's garage, find a rehearsal space and find, you know, five, four or five people that you can create with and then have a spark of imagination and write songs and record them right they don't have to go through any of that they because that takes way too long they can just instantly hey write me a song in the key of blah 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 and have it written for them instantaneously that's the part that kills me it's like it's you know having everything at your fingertips is is what i don't like well, having it be so easy, right? Yeah. So. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Like there's no authenticity, there's no growth. It's like you're, it's nothing. It means nothing. There's no emotion in it, you know? And, it's, a prom- and, it's a prompt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which sounds cold and clinical, right? Oh, it's just a prompt. It's, oh, that's, oh, you know, or if you write a song with AI and you copyright it, right? And it get and it's a hit and you're like, I don't know, Machine Gun Kelly or something like that. You know, I mean, it's going to have fans. It's going to have people that like it. It's going to have people that go to see it. It's going to have, you know, and then people, bands have been using backing tracks. So there's a whole generation of kids that aren't even going to blink an eye at that. So, you know, I can see the beginning of the transition here and now and where it's going to go. I what I think is cool though is I think there's always going to be rock and roll and what I love to see is all kinds of domains and um handles popping up with like totally human, 100% human, not a robot, <laughs> not AI. And I'm like, okay, cool. So there's going to be I think you know millions and millions of people out there that feel the same way that we do. 
that's all we can do. It's all we can hope is that there is that pushback and there is some integrity for the next generation, the generation after that, that knows authenticity, that knows what art is, because that expression has to come from somewhere, right? And kids will always want to express themselves. And it's just, it's like anything, you know, you have kids that are learning how to play guitar, drums, learning how to, learning how to sing. They play a sport. They're learning how to hit a baseball. They're learning how to tackle. They're learning how to play hockey and all that. And they're failing at it and they're getting back up and doing it again. They're getting back up and doing it again. Those are the kids that are going to stay authentic because they're willing to put in that work. They're willing to put in the time after failure, after failure, after failure. It's the kids that, you know, are the lazy ones who really don't (laughs) understand what hard work, the entitled kids Mm -hmm. are the ones that are going to sit there with their MacBook and create the song. And yeah, Mm -hmm. I, I hope, I hope there is a pushback because as we all know, throughout history, Whenever something expands, there's a there, eventually there's a contraction, right? Mm-hmm. There's, yeah. You know, it, it's, you think of an explosion, right? You think of the right. of the the whatever you call it. The impact of the explosion goes out, and then it comes back in. Right? Exactly. So, well, at some yeah. point there has to be a retraction of what's happening and what's going on because. Yeah. Well, code can never really replace humans, no matter how authentic they try and get it, you know, because the expression of art and music is as old as our humanity, you know, since the beginning, our species has created music and art. And I'm really hoping that technology in the the form of code doesn't just eradicate that. I, I think that people always need to commune and have music and a, and a live experience. And I hope that is something that sustains to whatever's coming up, you know, fingers crossed. <laughs> Think about how we live and what we listen to. Let's <laughs> just use my favorite band of all time, Led Zeppelin, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Zeppelin started in 69. Yeah. Didn't make an album didn't make any new music after 79. They're around for 10 years, yet they're more popular today than they were when they were around. And they were popular. The Beatles' popularity has grown, if you can believe it. The Stones' popularity has grown, right? ACDC, even though they're still around, they're playing. They've been around this long because of their music, because people have enjoyed their music. We talked about Eddie Van Halen at the beginning and his impact. They were all real. They were all authentic. And their music has stood the test of time. When you listen to that stuff, are we going to be like, well, that stuff doesn't exist anymore. It's not AI generated. I don't listen to anything that's not AI generated because there's a reason why that music is still present in our lives today. Oh, yeah. Because of the expression, because of the emotion, because of what they did. And... I can't connect with something that I know was a digital program. I just can't. Yeah. There's no human element. No, no. And I, and I hope that, you know, if not wholesale, we reject it, but I hope that rock fans are the type of fans that go, well, okay, help writing songs and all that. Okay. We, you know, that can serve a purpose. But we still want loud rock and roll. You know, we still want people playing music, writing their own songs and coming out and playing them. You know, I hope that desire never goes away. You know, I mean, and it's like we pointed out, there's some hurdles to that. You know, even getting out to see a live concert these days, you know, if you've got two kids you want to take to a concert, oh, my God, you're going to be set back, you know, some some G spots there. So it's going to hurt. Um, hopefully they don't make it too impossible in the future and it just becomes a luxury item for the ultra rich, you know, fingers crossed. Well, that's the way it's heading. I mean, look at sports, right? 
Yes. But, I mean, well, banking, banking sponsorship of live events scares me for that reason. Because, you know, once the banking companies get in, you know, you can't get a ticket to the U.S. Open. You know, you can't get a ticket to an NBA playoff. You can't get, you can't get those tickets. Yeah. I remember uh, being a kid going to the Cubs games and it was my mom and dad and my brother and I, it was four, you know, and tickets were like 15, 20 bucks, you know, so you could go and spend a hundred, 150 bucks on a full day at the ballpark with a family of four. And right. now like the way that t- the ticket industry is and the way Ticketmaster jacks up the prices, the primary market, the secondary market, you, I mean, it's so expensive. And then you factor in what it costs to eat and what it costs to have a drink and a game. I mean, I was at Wrigley last summer for the stadium tour and I was with my son and we got two hot dogs. I didn't even buy any alcohol. I just bought two bottles of water, mm. hot dogs, and it was 30 bucks. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, you know, once um, corporate banks come in and start sponsoring concerts, you know, a lot of those tickets are going to go to their, you know, like Amex black cards and the Amex circle cards and the pre-sale on the Citibank pre-club. And, and so a lot of those tickets are going to come right off the top. Then there's going to be the ones for the VIPs for the bank, you know, the bank, uh, CEOs and what have them, what have you. And they're going to take the VIP suites and they're going to take, I mean, so it's not just that they're writing a check and sponsoring it. You know, they're getting into it because it comes with a lot of perks, mm-hmm. you know, so, uh, which I think will have a direct impact on prices, on ticket prices going forward. I, and I, the ability to get them. I, this interesting question just popped in my head to wait to, to measure the audience of AI generated music. <laughs> will we, will we be able to correlate the cover band crowd, right? The band that goes sees other people play music that's not theirs in these bars and clubs or at these festivals, these rib fests all over, will those be the people that will be accepting of AI generated music? Possibly. Because that's really what, I mean, you're watching people play other people's music that they did not write and you're spending money and you're cheering these bands when they're not even the real deal. So as we all know, those there's, there's music, lovers and there's music consumers right right music lovers know the fifth track on led zeppelin three they know the the second song on dark side of the moon or the deep cuts for all these bands music consumers are just kind of like they cheer at all the popular songs that they know because they heard it on the radio or saw the video they really don't have any depth to anything of substance in music Every time you play them an artist that is not on the radio or that they've never heard before, they pay no attention to it. And then the moment it becomes popular, all of a sudden they're all into it. Mm-hmm. Is that the AI generated crowd? Is that is yeah? That people and, are going to be like, and, yes, and, and have the drool coming out of their <laughs> mouth onto their t-shirts because that's because they're basically sheep. Is that is that who they are? Well, and also twelve to eighteen year olds. You know, all those tweens. I mean, and it, if you have a bank sponsoring, uh, a concert and it's by a, a leading songwriter who has an AI songwriter and they go on tour, the banks in to make money. So they're going to market to that age group. You know, that's the number one consumer and they're not as picky as people who are music lovers or music, you know, one live music lovers. They're, eight to 12 year old kids don't give a shit. And, you know, they don't, they're not going to know whether it's a live band or it's an AI. They're not going to understand any of that, but if it sells tickets and gets, you know, butts and seats and it's profitable, um, they just might like it a whole lot. You know, it's going to be packaged and sold to them. Does do, does the cover band audience member realize 
how close they are to being an AI music lover, because essentially <laughs> you're watching people perform songs that are not theirs, paying money for it, nodding your head and drooling. I always like to put in the drooling. Yeah, and, that crowd. I think that crowd would adapt it. I don't know if they'd go. They'll adapt they to like, it. They'll accept it. They're the ones. I, they're the I ones think that on Spotify, I'm not sure if they'll go live because they like to see their cover bands, like you know, which way's Pink and things like that. Led Zeppelin is playing this month at the Coach House, and so they they sell out two nights. You know, they book two two three nights for the the big cover bands, but they might be really accepting of music that is AI derivative or written uh, on a Spotify playlist. You know, but, but like you said in the beginning of this conversation, the AI generated holograms right or whatever yeah they'll yeah. go see that the cover band crowd will go see that yeah they go see that i think they already have i think that haven't they i think that's already happened to some extent but yeah no i mean we'll we'll see you know i mean it's i really have i can't predict I can predict that I think people are going to think they're going to make money off of AI music and they're going to push it, right? And they're going to market and sell it to anybody they can. I don't know if the U.S. consumer is either not going to care or they're going to reject it. There has been pushback on it. So I think that we have to wait and see on that one, you know? But I can tell you one thing that it was a colossal failure. Uh, remember nfts yes oh yeah okay here's an update on nfts just to switch off of that for a second here uh, even the vast majority of nft collections from established creators that originally sold for hundreds of thousands of dollars are effectively worthless effectively worthless 18 wow. percent of these top collections now have a floor price of zero and 41 percent are priced between five fifty and a hundred dollars less than one percent of these nfts are priced over six thousand dollars why did that market bottom out um so they they were worthless investments to begin with i think was what everybody concluded that <laughs> like it was just really stupid there was um i can't they would estimate um let's see they said that a few of them are going to be successful in the long run like you know i guess that cat one and what have you but it was just everybody buying into the market and it was the hype and there was no due diligence. There wasn't any regulation in it. Not that I'm proponent, you know, a proponent for regulation, but it just went hog wild. And everybody bought and they're holding and two years later, it's worthless. So that's, you know, the rise and fall of the NFT. A lot of people were hopeful, like, um, open seas or yellow seas that it would be really helpful for bands to use as a, a revenue source, you know, selling NFTs and releasing NFTs as albums and what have you. But turns out two years later, the market just turned away from it. I think it was also a product of the pandemic too. A lot of people sitting, yeah. sitting around and trying to figure out what to do with themselves. And I think that hype kind of, kept stumbling and tumbling and stumbling and tumbling into more than it really was because people are reading about this and getting all hyped about it because they needed something to do. Yeah. And, and it is, you know, digital art, right? So, and it's basically been deemed worthless now. So, and it was all lived in a digital space and you kept your original digital on a cloud, on a blockchain and what have you. So, it seems to me like that's been just wholeheartedly rejected uh, if it's worth zero now. So, you know, to go from billions of dollars to zero in two years is quite a stumble. Does it have a lot, anything to do with the crypto market being so volatile? Well, it could have, you know, uh, they don't go into deep detail. I think people want to move away from the NFT as quickly as possible. <laughs> but the crypto market has been really volatile. Well, one of the things is, you know, the federal government wants to um, have everybody use their own digital currency. And they probably ultimately want to get away with 
get uh, to eliminate all, you know, Ether, uh, Ethereum and crypto and Bitcoin and all that because they want to have their own. So it could have something to do with that. There is a real struggle going on uh, right now. And uh, we'll see. Well, I think so far the federal government, uh, the Federal Reserve is going to issue its own digital currency. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, you need. Yeah. I know you're not a proponent for regulation. But no. money does need, yeah. to, be, money does need yeah. to be regulated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I think I think that might have, you know, uh, crypto might have gotten a little bit crazy. It, yeah. it has been really volatile. Right. Right. I, and some of the, I guess the fallout is the NFTs, non-fungible uh, tokens, just bit the dust. <laughs> you know, so I, you know, our, I guess artificial intelligence is next and we'll see what happens with that. <laughs> I think artificial intelligence is going to be around for a while. I don't, I don't see oh, that yeah. in the dust, but NFT is kind of like the LA gear gym shoe of the eighties. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we, I see people fully British embracing. <laughs> I don't know if I see people fully embracing it though. I mean, I think G chat GPT lost a ton of uh, subscribers after that first month. And people are kind of like, Oh yeah, it's useful. I ask it for directions and stuff. And I'm like, well, you know, you can do that with the search engine, right? Or map, I map think, app. I, I think it will be slow moving. I don't think it's going to be as fast as people think it is. I think that the, the, the dawn of AI is here and, and it is, it is building and building each day. I think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be, I mean, we see it with, with, we, we've seen AI for years already, right? We've seen it with bots and we've seen it with responses to inquiries on, you know, for, for customer service with these large corporations. That's all AI, you know? Um, yeah. And it'll keep perfecting and it'll keep happening. But I think at some point the government will step in and start to regulate this because, you know, it always takes the government a while to catch up to the wild, wild west, yeah. you know, when something oh, yeah. happens. Oh, yeah, and you do, sure. need, you do need to regulate AI. You do. And, I, and, and you know, for people that don't like any regulation, it can get out of hand. It can get out of hand very fast. Same thing with like this yeah. digital currency. When you have digital currency basically started on the black market, right? Mm. I mean, it's mm-hmm. basically started by the mob. You know, whatever mob you want to Jews, yeah, mob, whatever Chinese mob. Nah. So it has an undercurrent of bad people, right? Yeah. And um, you need to regulate that when it comes to money and stuff like that. And people swindling or, you know, bribing people or doing criminal uh-huh. things with that. You got to be able to track that stuff. So yeah. I get it, but I think AI is here to stay. I think, I think it's uh-huh. not going to be as fast as people think. I think in some areas mm-hmm. it will, I think it, like, you know, recruiting jobs, the field that you were in, you know, it, it's gonna cut down on a lot of people in jobs because you're going to have an algorithm that determines whether a person is qualified. And then yeah. you're going to have like these AI generated interviews they mm-hmm. answer and then they're going to determine eventually they're going to meet the hiring manager. The hiring manager is an AI generated, but, mm-hmm. but though the, it, it's going to cut, it's going to cut out a lot of jobs that are kind of mm. like administrative jobs. Oh, and, yeah. You know, it's a lot of jobs that, you know, were created, had that human element. I mean, we, we see it. <laughs> it's just the evolution of, of, of people and oh, yeah. of time. So. Yeah, well, no, I mean, you I know, that going away. Well, the Writers Guild of America has been on strike. I'm not sure where they're at right now, but you if know, one of their did they solve it? One of yeah. their things was they're really not cool with their jobs being taken away by AI, you yeah. know, and they wanted some job security. So we'll see what happens. <clears throat> and um, you know, I think that's happening over at um, Bandcamp too. I think. They're really concerned. I think they have unionized and I think their union is very concerned about them being bought by another company. And, um, I don't know where that's going, but I think lawyers are involved at this point. So, uh, they want to make sure that they have, you know, proper notification of severance and severance pay and all those kind of things. So, um, as they go through another buyout, 
So, uh, you know, I think people are pushing back where they can, you know, and I'm, I'm really hopeful that people are going to just reject, uh, AI and going to see and pay for AI music, you know, mm-hmm. but I think it, there's going to just be a certain amount of, of AI that's just going to coexist with just about everything. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Anything else? I have uh, one more update um, on Veeps on streaming. Um, Veeps, which did go into partnership in 2021 with Live Nation, they are going to have an $11.99 a month Veeps all access service. It's going to be live streaming and it's going to have um, on demand content and concerts, etc. Uh, so I think it took you two years to build out all the clubs. Across the U.S. now they're ready to go and they're rolling it out for twelve bucks a month, which is not too bad. Um, is SoundCloud still available? Uh, they've had a new CEO. He's been there about six months, and I'll wait and see how it goes in a year. But they have about one hundred seventy-five million users, and they have seventy-six million paid users or account holders. Mm-hmm. So um, I think they're trudging right along. They haven't gone away. Um, they're still there. Still a good option. And Spotify has patented a digital mixtape generator that <laughs> compiles users' voice with recordings, vo- compiles users' voice recordings with songs. So I guess you can record yourself oh and then mix it into your song. Yeah, there you go. So <clears throat> brought to you by Spotify. Yeah. And yeah, that making is making any money though. They're not making any money. Exactly. <laughs> not a cent. They're in the red. Uh, in the red. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Daniel Elk. I really feel for him. Mm-hmm. He's in poverty stricken. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, seriously, get that guy. <laughs> eat. Yeah. You know, <laughs> somebody call 911. <laughs> um, so that's pretty much the update right now. I, you know, um, I'm sure something changed while we were recording this and uh, <laughs> I'll find out later, but that's how fast things are going. This is the most fascinating series that we do on the Hook Rocks because every three months, there's so much change. There's so much to keep up with. Um, it's just fascinating. It really is. It really is. Yeah. But in, in, in learning about how the business of music really works and the greed that's mm-hmm. been involved and it's always been involved. And, you know, it, it's just, again, the lesson today, folks, is... Watch what they do, not what they say. Exactly. And um, that will lead you to the road of truth because they say a lot of things and they get you to believe a lot of things, but the evidence says otherwise and the actions say otherwise. <laughs> exactly. So. Follow the facts. Yep. Christy, as always, it's been a pleasure. It's been awesome. Thanks, Jay. It's great to be back and happy fall and happy. Let's see. Now you're a single bachelor empty nester is that what's going on yeah i mean you know <laughs> you know it's he'll be back for the holidays and stuff and okay it's not full empty nester but yeah the house is very quiet I love so there's no dog. raging guitar coming from the bedroom anymore <laughs> oh no <laughs> well i'll be back get soon, annoyed man. but now i'm like man i miss that you know yeah so <laughs> But All right. Thanks again. Okay. All right. It. Talk to you later. Bye. Go check out the previous episodes with Christy. Always a great job. Always a great conversation. Thanks again for tuning in, everyone. I do appreciate it. Stay safe. Take care of each other. We will talk soon. Thank you. Yeah, the clock on the wall has been skipping, but you don't notice the beat till the
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points. 